Hello and welcome to the Miss Rolling Podcast. My name, as always, is Jacob Staten, and as always, I'm joined by Mr. JJ Armstrong. JJ, how are you, mate? I'm starved. Starved for some Premier League football because I hate the international break and I'm bored. How are you? Uh, yeah, no, I completely echo that sentiment, mate. I think international football is as dull as dishwater outside of a tournament. Even at a tournament, it's not the most fun. Um, however, I have been watching the rugby, which is uh, uh, which has been. Really? It, I completely respect that sentiment, my mate. But if anyone's listening and they're a rugby fan, wow, what a weekend of rugby you've just had! Um, sensational. Uh, but that's by the by. We're a football Boring. podcast. We're a foreign podcast, JJ. Let's talk about that. We are. We are. Um, speaking of things that aren't boring. Um, we are still on the hunt for 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. So head to that. You're bored of us saying it for now, but we're close. So please close. do us a favor. We're close Next. Next. <laughs> uh, Crystal Palace, Joshua, talk to me. Yes. Obviously, we are recording this podcast on Monday, the 16th of October. So we are quite late. We are aware of that and we are aware. We are aware that if you listen to other Forest podcasts, you'll have heard every angle possible. So ironically, after that, what I'm going to say is we're not going to bang on about it because I know you're not bothered anymore. That game's gone. So Crystal Palace, we said in our last podcast prior to the game that it will tell us a lot about where Forest are. uh, And I still think that it did. I know I saw a lot of things online of people saying that they were slightly disappointed and this was the time to get at Palace and all that. But I look at it as a probably should have come away with three points. But yep. the fact that we can hold our own against a well-established uh, mid-table Premier League side, let's face it, who still still had a strong starting eleven. I know they had an injury fairly early on, but their starting eleven was still strong, regardless of the injuries they've got. We looked comfortable. We looked in control and there was a lot of positives. So whilst it was semi-frustrating that we didn't come away with three points, I'm quite happy with it. Absolutely. Completely agree. I mean, you know, I think the the main talking point out of this game has been Murillo and how he's, I don't know. The the greatest defender ever born. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's the new Franz Beckenbauer, isn't he? Playing it out of defence. Um you know, his ball over the top to Morgan Gibbs-White, it was on a number of times. It was made a number of times. It's obviously the one where Gibbs-White sits a post. He's extremely unlucky. It's a wonderful effort as well. Um, there's his run. I think, the, I think whilst the shot at the end wasn't the best, I do think their keeper makes a wonderful save, uh, especially in the, the initial one. Um, but yeah, just I, I think it's a great, you know, they had one shot on target in the whole game. To go away to any Premier League, any Premier, especially an established Premier League team like Palace, to go away and get and let them only register one shot on target is uh, phenomenal. If you ask me, we showed we showed signs of comfort on the ball away from home, which previously I don't think we've really ever seen. Um, I think our midfield really came into the own, got a foot on it, and sort of dictated the the game, yep. the tempo, um, and I would establish this whole thing as you know, it's just. At the minute, with the team and the moments that happened, we're a nearly team at the minute. We're clearly in transition. Uh, we're nearly on the next sort of path up to the next stage. Um, we're sort of obviously building something, and with that, we need time. Um, and obviously, nearly moments in the game in terms of nearly scoring through Gibbs White or nearly scoring the greatest goal ever seen uh, from Murillo or nearly having a thunder bastard from Toffolo. So... 
obviously there was a few moments where it was a nearly Palace scoring and putting the game to bed. But still, it's just one of those things where we're close, we're getting there. I think the progression is extremely clear to see from last season. So strap in, enjoy the ride. And this, as this transition happens, I think eventually, if it's the signs of this positive this early on, with what is essentially another squad rebuild in a way, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Same. Absolutely. Couldn't have put it better. Uh, but this kind of slides in nicely, JJ, at this point into discussing the number of points picked up in the recent opposition. So I'm just looking here and we're saying we've got three points from Burnley at home, Man City away, Brentford at home and Palace away. Is that potentially a disappointing return? Yes. I think, I think, I think, I, I think potentially it's a disappointing return, especially if I'm looking at, um, I think more specifically, I'm looking at we should have beat either Burnley or Brentford, in my opinion. I think taking three out of those games, given us, given us five points, would, would have made me extremely happy. Um, I think Man City, even though they had a man sent off and they shut up shop, I think we were never going to get anything from that realistically, even though we did play much better. Palace, I mean, I mean it's, not, it's not out of the realms of expectations to say we should have got nine points out of those four games. Yes. Now they're, now um, they're finished. Possibly but even more. I, I think, yeah. But I think with that, on paper, I think it looks disappointing. And in some respects, it still is. But when you add in the context within each game, you sort of come out the other side thinking, I think on balance that was quite accurate. So the Burnley game, for example, was our first game um, embedding someone like Sangari in the midfield. I think if you if you do just change your midfield like that, it's not always going to make life as easy as it is. And I think Burnley are still quite a good side. I know we're yet to see them fully win. I think they beat Luton and that was it. But, you know, Luton are also a struggling side. But um, I think Burnley look okay to me. So it's never going to be as easy as it sounds on paper because I think a lot of our fan base thought we've made these changes, we've got these people in. We'll, we'll piss it, but it's never that easy. So in the context of the game, uh, new players in, um, just off an international break, I believe it was, uh, fairly yeah. difficult. Um, and, you know, also in the context of the game, they scored a second and had a goal disallowed. So in that, mm-hmm. in that context, difficult, but you at the end of it, you're happy with the point because of yeah. elements that have happened within the game. Man City, you always expect to lose. Um, they went down to 10 men with their most influential player sort of gone. And you look at the second half performance, and you think, you know what, if we could just finish our chances or just finish them, we could possibly walk away with this with a point. But the context here is it's Man City. You'll struggle to, even if they've got 10 men, you'll struggle to beat them unless you're Wolves, apparently. Um, Brentford was the next game. Uh, comes with the context of we were down to 10 men for a large portion of the yep. game. Um, we did change some personnel, so Morgan Gibbs-White wasn't in from the start. So again, a few little pieces that, that stop you from fully being able to enjoy the game and eventually just thinking, thank God we got a point. And then the Palace uh, Forest game, you know, tough opposition away, regardless of what you can say about their injuries. We've also got injuries. Um, and again, the little things like Tyro being injured, I think affected us. And I think if he was fit, obviously it's speculative, but 
I think we possibly would have had enough to 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 win. But the fact that you can take away the a comfortable, largely performance and an Im- improved performance on the road against an established mid-table side is positive. And if you asked anyone before the game, I think most of the more realistic ones would say a point would be brilliant. So yeah. I, regardless of all that, I still think three points is disappointing. Um, I still think it's the re- not really the return we deserved. Uh, I think on balance, we're progressing as a side and I think f- we should have possibly picked up at least a few more points. But considering the position uh, sort of from an overview of where we are in the table and the improved performances, I still don't feel under any threat of relegation at the minute. I'm yep. excited and feel positive that the club is moving in a forward direction. So whilst I do think it is a disappointing return, the work that we did at the start of the season to pick up that sort of what you could call a scalp against Chelsea, maybe not given as they're not great at the minute, but the work we've done at the start of the season has enabled us to just have a bit of breathing space, look forward and just know that with a bit of time, a bit of embedding within the team, we'll get there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's it's very, very, really, really key to keep keep track on. Although we would have liked more points, that the performances were still where we need to be. You know, we come back from behind against Burnley. Um, we're ten men against Brentford, Palace away. You know, City is what it is. But you know, it's 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 important to remember where those results are. And it, and it's similar goes for the you know the Arsenal away. That was a much better performance. Two, in my opinion, really unlucky. Well, one really good goal and one really unlucky goal. Um, uh, United away, I think, you know, Marcus Rashford's cheated us out of a point there. Um, yeah, so I, I just think, you know, we're, we're definitely uh, moving in the right direction. Yeah, and I think last season, if you looked at the way we played away um, and the way we only seem to really be able to beat the big teams, but mm. you would look at this relative fixtures of Brentford at home um, probably expect to lose. I think we drew that game in the reverse fixture, but... Sure. Um, it was the Dean Henderson uh, penalty, wasn't it? With yeah. the, it wasn't the penalty. There's obviously that element to the Brentford game this, this year as well. Um, but Burnley, you'd really look at as the only fixture within those four that are an easy three points. Yep. There weren't but we come out of this with three points anyway. So I think we're still on track for the relative amount of points that you probably could expect for a transition inside in their second season. Yep, absolutely. Which slides us into a uh, what what has to be three points game, uh, which is Luton at home, Joshua. Yes. Yeah. Um, we've both prepared what our our starting 11s would be. Uh, we've taken into account injuries. It's not, a, it's not a dream 11. Do you want to go with yours first, JJ? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to pref- what, 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 what formation are you playing, Joshua? So I deliberated about this quite a lot because I personally think a 4-2-3-1 would be lovely to see to play Morgan Gibbs-White in his best role. However, it comes with the caveat of I just think that that midfield three cannot be disrupted at the minute. Um, I think they've been great together. So I've gone for a 4-3-3 to keep them together. Come. So uh, there are few changes um i've dropped matt turner and i've gone for vlakadimos in goal um mm-hmm. i didn't watch him the other other day for the international break he was in goal for greece but i heard very good things i also saw that matt turner did something good in his game but 
I didn't watch I it. Will, I will caveat that and defend you, mate. Like, I don't watch England play, so I'm not going to watch Greece play. Yes. Carol. Yes, but uh, I've dropped Turner for, for Vlack. He was seen as the number one goalkeeper mm. when he came in. Uh, and I think we said it was just waiting for Matt Turner to make a mistake for him to get in. I thought that the last game was the right time to drop Matt Turner um, because of what he'd done in the previous game. But I guess, you know, the last fixture before an international break, it possibly is a good time to just stick with what you know um, and change keepers after that. But whilst he obviously didn't concede against Palace, there's something about him at the minute that I don't quite feel as confident with. And I think he's a type of character that having some time on the bench will help him push himself harder to be a better keeper for us. So goes without saying, I've never seen this bloke play, so he could be worse. Um, So who knows? But I would like to see him so I can make an informed decision. And if he's shit, don't blame me. Um, So I've gone for that in goal. I've gone for a back four of Aurier, Murillo, Bolly and Aina. Now, big caveat here of don't shake your head. Uh, big caveat here. Injured. Wait, big caveat here of <laughs> injuries. Uh, Aurier and Aina are potentially injured, um, yep. which would be a massive shame. I think it's always difficult to tell with Steve Cooper who is actually injured and who isn't. Aurier looked to be in some discomfort at the Palace game, but carried on and eventually was replaced by Montiel. Uh, I believe at half time. Can't quite remember. Um, so you'd yep. hope that that was more, you know, precautionary uh, and that he's back playing because he hasn't got an international break. And Aina has had, uh, or Aina has had plenty of time out. So I'd like to hope that he is ready to come back into the mix. If that isn't the case and they are both injured, you'd have to swap Aurier for Montiel and Aina for. Toffolo and I think Toffolo yeah. did enough in the last game for me to be completely fine with that Montiel has looked better than when he started but if it was a choice and they're both fit I would choose Aurier over him uh, I can also think Nico Williams where are you I saw you play for, that you played for Wales the other day where are you so that's my back four preferred to start with Aurier and Aina but if they're injured we've got adequate backup yep Midfield three, uh, Dominguez, Sangare, and Mangala. Um, I've stuck with them just because I think they are working great together in a minute. Um, they've allowed us to get a foothold in midfield. I think mm-hmm. Dominguez is proving to be a brilliant signing. He looks fantastic. Yeah. I think we're starting to see the best of Sangare, or not the best, but we're starting to see Sangare getting more comfortable. Um, Absolutely. And we're seeing flashes of brilliance from him. And it's only going to increase with every game in more confidence. Um, and I think the combination of the two has allowed us to see the best of Mangala because I was always a bit unsure of what he brought to the team. And you could always tell he was a good player. He was a bit of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none player. Mm-hmm. But I think having these other two players beside him allows him to be at his best and show yeah. what he can do. And he is very adept at being on the ball. Um, so that midfield three for me is fantastic and almost sort of gifts us the ability to win the midfield battle, but they've all got enough about them to get the ball moving forward um, and get in the mix of things. So very yep. exciting. Because of that, I think uh, it means that Gibbs White 
doesn't really play in his preferred role as much. So I've gone for him starting uh, on the right, Hudson Adoy on the left, and Rigi in the middle. We had Chris Wood against Palace. I thought he was pretty poor. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but he just ain't Tybo, is he? Origi, I just don't think he doesn't suit us, does he? He doesn't suit the way we play. No, he he's a great player to come on in the last 10 minutes to be a bit of a threat in the box when the opposition are tired. Yeah. But from the start of a game, especially if you're against sort of pacey centre-backs, I just don't think he's the right player. No. Um, I, I also don't think Origi is either, but we're out of options. So I think Wood and Origi are great players to bring off the bench when there's 10 minutes left. Obviously, the Tyro injury is harsh. Like, it's not good. And it's a shame to see that he's injured again. Um, and I think at some point, we need to really address this striker situation because Wood and Origi, yeah. like I say, good bench options. But once Tyro's gone, does that fuck us a little bit? You sort of hope that Gibbs White and Hudson Odoi and the likes of Alanga can contribute goals as well. Um, so for this game, I would just go with Origi. I know this isn't his position and I know that we've tried and failed to do this before with other players, but I want half mind seeing just a langer in that spot for now whilst Tyra is out because he has the pace to run behind the defence. And whilst he isn't an out-and-out striker, whilst he is most commonly a winger, I just think his threat of... We can tell... You can see that he can finish. Look at Chelsea, but... Just having that pace that we would typically have with Tyro might allow us to play the way that we normally do. But I think in terms of having an out-and-out striker, Origi probably is my choice. So I'll go 4-3-3 with Vlak, Aurier, Murillo, Bolly, Aina, Dominguez, Sangari, Mangala, and Gibbs White, hudson Adoy, and Origi. And that's my 11. But obviously, Oof. I'd wish Tyro was here. Rest in peace. Was here. <clears throat> so I've gone for three four three. I think the game. I don't think that it will be a midfield battle. I think it will be a def- almost a kind of defend and attack battle. I, I think the way that Luton play, they're very counter attack. They're very big and strong. So I think we need a bit more protection at the back. And I think I think it's. I, I don't think. We'll, I don't think. I don't see it coming away with like a three 0 win or anything like. That. I think it'll be a, not necessarily scrappy, but I think it'll be tight. And I think we just need to we need to kind of shut our shop up rather than rather than get them to win. Um, so I've also gone for Odysseus Lacadimos in goal over Matt Turner. I think you're absolutely right. I think he probably should have been dropped for the last game. Uh, not that he did anything wrong against Palace, really. Um, and, I, and I still really like his quick distribution. But I just think uh, he's had a couple of gaffes so far this season. I think it might do him well to 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 have a, a bit of time out of the team and to, and to kind of refocus. Um, my back three is Willy Bolly, Murillo, and Niacate. And what I'm really looking for for out of this back three as well is Murillo in the middle because he's got the the kind of so my, I'll come on to my winger slash fullbacks in a second, but because he's got that protection of a back five slash three going forwards, he can step into the midfield with my centre midfielders to to help them, similar to what he did against Crystal Palace. Uh, so then the, the kind of the, the four in midfield with also the fullbacks is Neko Williams who I've gone for over Montiel I just think we need a bit more actually we, need, we, do, we don't want to get caught up we know what Neko Williams can do I think Montiel's still getting used to the league I think there are different games to, to blood him in 
I've gone for Sangari and Dominguez. Uh, obviously, Mangala, we're hearing he might have a bit of a knock, but I, I still think those two are better. I think I still probably would have gone for Yates over Mangala, it, it just purely for against Luton. Uh, and Harry Toffler at left back or left wing back. Because again, I think he was more than good, more than more than decent against um, Crystal Palace, and and uh, yeah, and he was really good against Brentford when he came on as well. And then up top, I've gone for Callum Hudson Odoi down the right, Divock Origi up front, and Morgan Gibbs White on the left. I I think Divock Origi is probably a bit closer to what Taiwo is than than you think. I think Divock Origi is also a poacher, same as Taiwo. He's got a bit of pace to get in behind. Uh, we've only really seen that from Taiwo this season as well. I think it would be. A pretty pretty good fit um, I, th- I agree with what you said about Chris Woods I don't necessarily think that it's Chris Woods' fault I don't think he's a particularly bad player I just don't think we, we, we don't play for a target man and if we're not doing that then why is he on the pitch like you say he's good for the last 10 minutes but yeah not for me so so my team is uh, Vlakadimas and goal uh, back three or back five of uh, Neka Williams Willie Bolly Murillo Musinia Carte and Harry Toffolo with uh, Ibrahim Sangare and Nicholas Dominguez in centre midfield, with Caleb Hudson Odoi, Morgan Gibbs White, either side of Divock Origi. And I don't really care which side Hudson Odoi and Gibbs White do because it's an imaginable swap. Yeah, yeah. And they're both quite happily cut in, I think. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's always difficult to predict, Mr. Cooper. Um, and it's always difficult to predict where injuries leave us. Obviously, there's been the news that Tyro is out for a month. Mm. I also wouldn't be completely shocked if, you know... If, he's, if lineup, he plays. If he plays on Saturday. I, plays wish, I wish that was the case. That would be brilliant. Mm. But I think he is genuinely injured. Um, but a lot of Forest fans, whilst they see this as a must win, which I agree with, I think it is maybe not a must win, but, you know, we need to target this for three points. What mm. I don't think it is by any stretch of imagination, which some people believe is an easy win, or a guaranteed win. And I think Luton showed a lot of spunk against Spurs. Uh, They showed some moxie. And they're not as easy as people think. They look at, you can look at the results on paper, but I've watched them a few times this season and they are difficult to play against. Um, Almost unbelievably so, because, you know, the resources they've got uh, are limited compared to other clubs, including us. So, Fair play to them. So it's not going to be an easy game. I think, Jacob, we might possibly have to prepare ourselves for a bit of a battle here. Yes, 100%. 110% is going to be a tough one. Absolutely. Um, I just that, That's why I've gone for the kind of the bit more solid, the bit more kind of Cooper-reliant uh, back five. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's important. You know, The longer the game goes on, the more I favour us. I think it's really important not to get caught out in this game. Because they're, you know, they're, that, they're just that kind of team, in my opinion, Luton are, and they yeah. will, they will catch us up. Yeah, and they've got Morris up front, who is uh, definitely a goal threat. He looked quite dangerous against Spurs, um, mm-hmm. so should be an interesting game. And I hope that the City Ground home fans don't get too bored too early, and uh, we can stick behind the, the team. Yep, absolutely. Joshua, what is your score prediction? So, um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to be a bit of a dick and go against what you said. I'm going to go with a 3-0, which you said it wouldn't be. Um, I have just said it's going to be tough, but I think it would be nice to stake a claim at home 
um, and beat a team that on paper you think we should be beaten at home um, mm-hmm. by showcasing the best of our ability to be creative across the field now. We've got someone like Murillo creating chances from the back, be it driving through midfield or putting some lovely balls up top. We've not really seen that too much other than Worrell possibly in the championship. We've yep. got a midfield that I think is capable of winning the midfield and also getting the ball moving and getting themselves in great positions. Love to see them have a few attempts uh, outside the uh, area as well because I think they have got themselves in some naughty positions. Yeah. Um, so the confidence to just pull the trigger and go for it. Love to see that. So I think we've got a good good balance in midfield, capable of getting his move in. And I know Tyro's not here, but Hudson O'Doyne gives White a looking quite naughty to me. So yeah. once they start getting their shooting boots on, I'm quite excited to see it. So we're due a good, solid home performance where we are comfortable in both halves and can score some goals. I hope it comes, but I think we really need to take a claim here. Um, so it would be a valuable three points and I'm going for 3-0. Free now, I'm going to stay with um, a bit similar, a bit closer to what I was predicting. I'm going to go with 2-0. I think it'll be kind of an early goal and a late goal and a, and a very tough scrap in between. Um, I don't disagree with what you said. I think, you know, 3-0 was kind of... Uh, the way I, well, I said 3-0 because it's kind of, it reflects an easy game, doesn't it? But, you know, I could definitely see it being 3-0 and a, still a tough game. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm going I'm going 2-0, early goal or late goal. Perfect. I'd love to see it, Jacob. I'd love to see it. A clean sheet as well. Cool. Well, I think that's all we've got time for, isn't it, Joshua, this week? That's it. We're done. Uh, Romeo. Another reminder, please uh, subscribe on YouTube. We're nearly there. We'd appreciate your help. So please, 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 please. Well, maybe we'll be more regular and remember to do a podcast if you actually get us to 1,000. Well, well, that remains to be seen. Evidence <laughs> um, also suggests not, so we'll see. <laughs> um, if you're listening for the first time, thank you for finding us. We really appreciated it. And if you come back again and again and again and again and again, we love you. You're it. You're it.